0: Sean and Caitlin are on break this week, but while they're off, Dad's Daughters and Dollars is still on. Here's an encore of one of their most popular episodes. Enjoy. Welcome to Dad's Daughters and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people.
1: (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite.
0: And I'm Caitlin, the daughter. Clearly, my dad's mistaken.
1: Welcome back for part two of index investing and why uh, Jack Bogle is uh, the Michael Jordan of uh, individual (laughs) investors, how much he's helped each other. So if you listened last Wednesday, and my daughter brought this up to me yesterday. We talked about index investing and reasons why they're great and stuff, but she didn't say, dad, you you never fully explained what an index is.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to be like the one person if like everyone who's listening totally understood what he said and then I was the only person. No, I'm so (laughs) glad you
1: did because we do want to make this clear. I just
0: want to make it like a, a something I can bite into and go, oh, that makes sense. Like explain it to me like I'm a third grader.
1: (laughs) Okay. So an index is a measure. Right, and the measure is the average of, of the basket of stocks or bonds of a certain part of the market. So, if you said the so, but an
0: average of what?
1: So, if the let's say if uh, you were talking the S and P 500 index, that would be the top 500 companies in the stock market, and let's say their average cost is X. You know, uh, you know, their
0: cost or their worth?
1: Sort of, it's their worth. But it's their average. If you take all five hundred together and you average them, there's a certain number.
0: So wait, I mm-hmm. just want to fully get this clear. Let's say one company is worth one hundred thirty-one dollars for one one share of it, right. and then another is worth uh, one twenty-nine. Another's worth eighty-seven. It's averaging those numbers together.
1: In general, but there's a lot of factors, there's right? Like factors like capitalization and what's their assets and what's their liabilities. liabilities yeah, but. They come up with a number, so the S&P 500 might be worth 3300 as an overall number. So that if on a given day, the S&P 500 index, 82 of those companies did really poorly on one day.
0: And it went to like 3100 kind yeah, of thing? Yeah,
1: maybe the S&P 500 index went to, instead of $3,300, 3212 Got it. And the next day, the majority of the companies did great, including those 80... And now it's at 3,350.
0: Right. Okay. So that's starting to make a little bit more sense now because I remember seeing a number that's next to the S&P 500 and that is the measure of it. But if the number next to it, normally there's like a percentage next to it and it's like down point uh, eight nine percent you know, so it's not even a full percent, but it, it'll normally be in red that's subtracting from that number. And then if it's like, oh, up 1.33%, uh, that is adding to that. Correct. You know, whatever number it is. That totally makes sense. Okay. That thank you.
1: <laughs> so, an S&P 500 index would measure the top 500 companies kind of average and that average is based on a lot of different factors. Yeah. A total stock market index fund would measure every single stock in the stock market, and the average of those 3,500 to 3,800 stocks, and when you hear me say those numbers, it's because it keeps changing. There are companies that actually go bankrupt and fall out of the full stock market index, and there's other ones that then join the total stock market index, so it it does change over time. Right. Okay? So I'm going to give you an example of one of the reasons why you should buy stock market index, and it was a bet that Warren Buffett had back in 2007. Oh. Yeah. Yes. So he made a $1 million bet, and he bet that uh, his t- over 10 years, he would make more money with an index fund than any hedge fund company that would challenge him. Now, what's a hedge fund? You can't invest in a hedge fund unless you're very, very wealthy. Sometimes, okay, the minimum to invest in the hedge fund is $100 million.
0: I'm sorry, what? There are people who have that much money? Correct. Like, I understand that, like, there's a, well, I think there's, like, 400 billionaires in the world, probably more than that. I think that's just the billionaires in America, I think, although I really don't know. Um, but $100 million is, like, you know, oh, uh, 5% of my entire wealth, in Let's, you know... Or if, uh, if someone's only worth just over a billion dollars, that's, like, are you kidding Well, me? so
1: not every fund has that minimum. Some of the times the minimum could be $5 million, $10 million, whatever it is. But it's in general hedge funds are for rich investors. Got it. And the idea is that you're getting this wealth of knowledge from all these, like, PhDs and really smart people who've been investing for 30 years, and they have some sort of inside track of knowing all the information. I'll give you a typical an example of what a hedge fund will do. Because hedge funds have so much money, hedge funds will buy satellites, put them on a NASA rocket that goes up into space, they launch the satellite. Now, the hedge fund has a satellite that can take pictures all over the world. So, the hedge fund decides, are we going to invest in this Russian cement company? They actually take photos of the Russian cement company and they count how many trucks are driving in and out of the company every day.
0: Oh my God, that seems like an invasion of privacy.
1: Well, somewhat, but the thing is, th- they're saying information is power. Yeah, and if we have enough information, we say, "Well, look, we've been tracking this for seven months. We can
0: make the right investments." They're just and
1: these guys are keeping out for their money. These guys are selling a lot of cement because the trucks go in and out. It used to be eighteen trucks a day would go in and out delivering cement. Now it's thirty-eight companies. And then after six months, it's 80 trucks are going in now. So they get all this information. So they have a lot more information than an individual investor. One
0: last quick question Are hedge funds like a group of people sometimes too, like a group of wealthy people, or it's always just like well, you invest in a hedge fund individually? We're getting off a little, a little off topic here. No, but. but a
1: hedge fund would be um, you know, you could have Steven Spielberg and uh, all these other wealthy people could be investing in a hedge fund. Got it. And okay. then they have, let's say, 30 to 50 to 100 people are in that company, and there are all these analysts who are deciding what's the perfect thing to kind of beat the market Got and it. to give a really big return for our investors.
0: Right, because, yeah, a hedge fund isn't just like one person hiding behind the name of a company that's now a hedge fund. It's always multiple people that's saying, here's what you should do with your money, and here's what our satellite said about the Russian concrete trunks or whatever. Exactly, <laughs> okay. but
1: they're also, their analysts are going, actually going to a company and interviewing the um right. So Warren,
0: Warren Buffett challenged any, ha- any hedge fund.
1: Any hedge fund manager, Wow! I will bet you $1 million. You don't get the $1 million. $1 million will go to either my charity or your charity because we're both wealthy people. Right. And I will invest only in an index fund and you only invest in whatever you want, whatever the hedge fund wants to invest. Mm-hmm. And there was only one company that took him up on it. And it was a company called uh, Protégé Management Partners. Okay? It was a 10-year bet. I bet over t- 10 years my index fund, and he doesn't own the index fund. He just took some of his money and invested in the index fund. Right. Right? And you can invest in whatever you want. Use all your satellites. Are
0: they allowed to invest in an index fund? Or he? Would- yes, he
1: could have if he wanted to. But oh. the hedge fund, in general, they don't invest in index funds because they don't believe... They
0: want to
1: invest in what's the best concrete company. Index funds get the average of the market. He said, we don't want the average. We want to do much better.
0: Hedge funds are are people that want to-
1: Kick butt. Yeah,
0: they want like 60% returns. Exactly, whatever.
1: So over 10 years, so the hedge funder could invest in anything, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. He could invest in index funds, real estate, gold, whatever. Gold. Whatever does your fancy and you say, I'm betting more and I'm going to win. So after 10 years, Warren invested in an index fund and it made 94% or 9.4% a year over 10 years. Okay. The hedge fund investing in anything with all the analysts and in smart things and satellites made 24% over 10 years. 2.4%. A year? Correct. I Okay. And that's okay. with all the information okay. and knowledge.
0: So, sorry. Um. Just a quick thing. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure that online banking is a more common thing now. Um, There's like a bank that's called Ally and they have like violet marketing or something. I have no idea. But I remember reading about it and if they're online banks, they give you a higher return. Because obviously if you have money sitting in, like I don't know if you've gotten like, oh, two cents because of bank interest, right? It's like very, very minimal interest that you get just with it sitting there, nothing. I don't know if with a online bank they give you anywhere close to 2.4% a year? No. Probably no. not. However,
1: no. they give you higher than the average bank.
0: They give you higher than the average bank, but it makes me wonder if like an online bank would try and be super competitive and like, here, we're giving you 2.5% a year and a hedge fund got less than that. Obviously, right. I don't know anything I see what about- I saying.
1: I, I don't see know, your point. Yeah,
0: I don't know anything about online banking. I don't know, or like specifically online banks that don't have like a location you physically go to to drop off your check. However, I find it so interesting that, you know, they're typically known to give a higher rate of return back and that- a hedge fund could only get 2.4%. Like, are you kidding me? Plus, okay, you said 9, 94?
1: percent over 10 years or an average of 9.4. And the is average what the of the market fund.
0: is 9.8, right?
1: Uh, it depends on which uh, Which study. section of the time you No, with, through, No, but, which study you listen to. Some say you get 9.3, some say 9.8. So he got about what the market is average over, well over 100 years. Wow. Okay.
0: I, I'm just, I'm surprised that the hedge fund didn't even get... Oh, like five percent.
1: Wait, there's more of this story. There is. There's still fees that the hedge fund charges. <laughs> oh. So I don't know what percentage it was, but then right. there were still fees.
0: Right. So the the hedge fund. So if you what, like your prodigy? two point,
1: if you, yeah, prodigy. So if you like your two point four percent, you don't get that high. <laughs>
0: right. So so prodigy said, um, we're going to invest in. I don't want to stray from our example, but the Russian concrete company. We invested in that company because they're doing a lot of infrastructure and they're what the government is employing, let's say. So we gave them all this money and we invested in them because we're going to hopefully see our returns back. Um, But in doing so, we had to pay like the load, the fees, the management, all of that. I guess it doesn't really take too much management, but if you're just in one company. But let's say they were in three different companies and then they constantly kept changing the three or it was 30. They constantly kept changing the thirty. That's great. Well, a
1: lot of hedge funds. And
0: these are people who are
1: analysts, who study it. These are supposedly the top geniuses in money management. So like, for instance, a hedge fund will have, let's say, 100 analysts. You four people are just going to talk to people in the gold industry, and you're going to read every article about gold, and you're going to see what it's doing in Europe, and you're going to see what it's doing in Spain. You know everything about gold. And you 10 are just going to do tech stocks. And you over here, and then there's a chairman and four or five partners. And then they all present and then, then they what present they, think. they think is the best for... Right.
0: after all the research is done.
1: Exactly. Plus, here's our satellite images, and here's the articles, and, and I, I spoke to the chairman.
0: Oh, my God, and all they could come up with was 2.4.
1: Before fees!
0: Yeah, but let's say, like, you know, they were... They didn't care about the fees. They knew they were trying to account for those. Because obviously, if you have fees, you're going to probably try and account for those fees in making, well, this gold company is great. However, fees are pretty high but we think the return is gonna be really, really great. So let's do it, right? So let's say they did that for 60 different companies. So some probably had low you know, costs and fees, but maybe some did have high, but they tried to fact all of those people doing all of that research said, you know what? This is gonna be such a good return. We're gonna beat Warren Buffett on this that the fees won't even matter. The fees won't even matter. And then they didn't oh wow. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Guys, I'm just really um guys and gals, it's pretty interesting. Ladies right? and gents, human beings all around, animals, insects, everyone. Uh I am blown away. Right. Wow. Sorry. I just that's kind of an embarrassing geez. So,
1: I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to let you decide. There's a, another quarter of the story to tell oh, that I can geez. save to the end of the episode well, d- or do it now.
0: Well, I mean, I guess maybe you could save it for the end if you want. It, it depends on what you think is best, but um, sorry, I'm just in general.
1: I'm going to tell Some, it now.
0: Cause, cause I'll say this. Sometimes you, like my dad will tell me things before an episode, just to give me like a rough estimate of like, you know, something or anything. I was genuinely not, like this is genuine soccer right now. This is not, this is not fake at all. Right. <laughs> so, okay. But sorry. I'm going
1: to tell you the other quarter of the yes, story. Yes, sorry. <laughs> so Warren Buffett. Maybe the most successful investor in the history of the world. Um, he doesn't own an index fund. He owns Berkshire Hathaway and they mm. own companies. He's a guy who decides what's the value of this company. Is it worth investing? So look, he owns Seize Candy. He owns Geico. All, wait, wait, he, he like owns outright the, owns Geico. Not yeah, like I own under, 40% of under Geico. Under the umbrella of wow. his company, Berkshire Hathaway. Isn't is Geico
0: Berkshire Hathaway also like a huge real estate?
1: They do real estate. They do a lot okay. of stuff, right?
0: I was in Malibu one time. I saw a sign that said Berkshire Hathaway. And right. I was like, Oh, Warren.
1: So he has like Geico, and he has Sees Candies, and he owns a not all, but a good chunk of Coca Cola, mm-hmm. and so he he decides what are the maybe eight to ten companies that I think are over time, going to be so great. What's the value of them, and what can I get them for? So there's times where Warren doesn't buy anything for 18 months, two years, and then he thinks, this is a really good deal. I'm going to buy $10 billion worth of, and then the value of Berkshire Hathaway goes up. Well, so he doesn't own an index fund. So when he invested in an index fund, it wasn't his own, like, oh, here's my smart index fund. He invested in someone else's, and I don't know which one. Right. And he got 94% or 9.4% a year. Guess who that index fund beat besides protege over that 10
0: years. I I feel like I'm shooting in the dark here. I have no idea who you're about to say.
1: That index fund that Warren Buffett got 9.5% per year over 10 years beat Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway, over 10 years.
0: Oh, so Berkshire Hathaway didn't get 9% over those 10 years?
1: Yeah, per year.
0: (laughs) Wait, what?
1: Yes, yes, the smartest investor in the world.
0: (laughs) I I love the I love the voice crack. (laughs) Um,
1: That's the other part of the story. Is like even Warren Buffett now. He
0: has Geico, and they have their little lizard guy, and he er, or guy gecko. Oh my god, I called him a lizard. I'm really sorry, everyone. The the gecko. Geico, the Gecko, I don't even know his name, whatever, that sees however many other, dare I say, hundreds of companies Berkshire Hathaway owns, whether they're I, small or big. I don't or, know if it's hundreds. But so maybe the, tens, you know, 40 yeah. companies, 50 companies? I don't know.
1: I think he's a guy who says, I'm i am going to put all my money into a select group and it might be 15, but I don't know the Okay. Number.
0: Well, either way, clearly he's done okay for himself. Plus, you know, the real estate side of things, I feel like that's kind of huge. Um... And uh, yeah, sorry, that's the another. index fund,
1: which is all right, we're just gonna put some money in this and go to sleep, yeah, that did better than the greatest investor in the world that you know arguably people would say. it beat the hedge fund and it beat Warren Buffett, the person who made the butt, bet on the index fund,
0: so uh didn't. I'm going to assume you've listened to this in an interview or something or an article. Was he surprised about that himself or he was just like, no, I believe in this so much? No, know?
1: but the, there's and like... This is,
0: you said this was back in 2007?
1: 2007 and the bet ended in 2017. Oh, okay. And then the guy from Protege had to pay $1 million to whatever charity of Warren Buffett's. Huh. So one of the other things that Warren said is... So he's worth 80, 90 billion. And he's a really smart, generous man. And he's- He he,
0: still owns the same house in like Nebraska, right? Correct.
1: But he said, he signed on to Bill Gates thing. It's That's this pledge. We're going to give away at least 95% of your money because you can live on the rest. So over time, he's giving away all this money for charities. Mm -hmm. It's a really great thing. Well, he said, whatever's left for my heirs, I want them to put 90% into an index fund and 10% into like bonds because bonds is like cash. Right. So that when the index goes up and down and somebody's like, oh, we don't have as much money, the bonds will always be safe and secure because it's kind of cash. Right. He said, put the 90% into index funds. (laughs) When I'm dead, put the 90% in index funds. He didn't say put it all into Berkshire Hathaway. I'm sure some of it's going to be Berkshire Hathaway. Right, yeah. So if... If people need any reason to invest in index funds, that's the reason. Got it. Okay. I do want to give you a few reasons before we wrap up about why index investing is great. And I know over some other episodes, we've covered various things, but we're not specifically. So index investing is great for these reasons. It takes very little investment knowledge and no skill. Clearly
0: it beat the prodigy people.
1: Yeah. And takes clearly no time or effort. You can go online and, uh, sign a, uh, like a document for a Vanguard, a form, Schwab, a, or whatever. Yeah. Do that in 15 to 20 minutes. Have somebody in customer service help you through it if you're a little confused. Then you can, like, like with Schwab, you can put down $1, and now you're invested in an index fund. And then as you have money, to just slowly put money into it and keep putting money into it. Even when the market goes down, and even when the market goes up, and then over 30 years, you turn around and you go, wow, did I really get 9%? This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Can we guarantee the 9%? Absolutely not. But if history's any decider, hundreds of years and ups and downs in the market, when we did the episode about staying invested, I told you a bunch of world events and the market still did great over time. Uh, the other reason is um, it's going to outperform 80% of all the smart protege investors a la hedge funds, right. e- even a big money manager guy who owns like 29 mutual funds, and each one of those mutual funds has 200 different stocks in it. It outperforms the majority of those, at least 80% of those. There's no sales commissions. You just compound on autopilot. You just put it in and you watch it grow. I'll take
0: autopilot.
1: Right. um, Super low operating expenses, like we talked about in the mutual fund episode, in my total stock market index fund, I pay 0.03%, which is three dollars I have to pay them for every 10,000 invested so that the rest of that gets invested in compounds. Um, They're very tax efficient because they're not constantly trading. They don't have to pay a lot of taxes. Um, They're highly diversified. So a total stock market index will have 3,500 to 3,800 stocks. And here's the thing that you didn't know about, which is they are self-cleaning. What the heck does that mean? Self-cleaning is... Um, When a stock on the bottom of the index or something either goes bankrupt or is doing poorly and it falls out of the index, it was stock number 3,532, whatever bad management in the company, and it went bankrupt. Well, there's maybe some other company that's coming up that's the next Tesla or whatever. They then get into the index, or they try to, and because it gives them a lot more cachet to have people invest in their company when they're in the index, and Now you could have a chance of catching the next Tesla that comes up, the next Google, the next Amazon.
0: So you don't have to worry about keeping track of, you know, anyone at the bottom who maybe went bankrupt. Because certainly I don't see a Google going bankrupt anytime soon. However, you know, maybe a small company made some bad investments, and or just couldn't manage the product they were trying to make or sell or, you know, what they were trying to accomplish as a business, and they did go bankrupt. You don't have to worry about like, oh, okay, well, these 30 went, so I need to find a new 30. It does that for you.
1: Exactly. Meaning that if a company is, let's say, you know, it lost 25% in one quarter. Wow. Quarter of the value of the company. The company is worth two $2 million, and now it's down 25%. Yeah. And the next quarter, it loses 25%. Eventually, that goes away. So that is not dragging down your return of the whole index. It eventually goes away. Right. So I I don't know what the exact rules of how you get dropped if you have to be bankrupt or if you like eight quarters in a row, you don't make any money. Right. So it it, it works great. Um, Any questions that you have about the index?
0: No, I just really enjoyed the-
1: The Warren Buffett story? Yeah. (laughs) So now you know about hedge funds- they have well, serious analysts I, there. You know,
0: I'm kind of, I for, I'm forgetting what show it was, but I remember I watched a show once and it introduced me to what hedge funds were because it was, i might have been a movie even, but it was someone trying to make it as an analyst at a at a hedge fund and, or it was someone who was like in charge of what they were going to invest money in. And I can't put my finger on what the show and or movie was, or it could have been even like a short series, but that's the first time I ever remember being introduced to hedge funds, but I actually genuinely had no idea what they were, but it kind of makes sense that it's obviously, they're big, they have a lot of money, they have a lot of people deciding what happens with that money, so that the people who actually have the money to invest, you know, aren't doing anything ridiculous with it, so.
1: Exactly. All right, so here's the one reason why people, and I'm talking active managers. What are active managers? That's the hedge fund managers. That's the mutual fund manager who keeps trying to beat the market. Right. Why they say people shouldn't invest in index funds because they say they're just going to get average returns. But, the but hit- what
0: about when the average beats what you can do when you're working a nine to five job and then killing yourself trying to like, you exactly. know,
1: exactly. OK,
0: well, this investor will give us uh 10 million more because I'm really trying to push like getting investment in this company versus that company. And I know that that that's what the client wants. And then at the end of the day, you did all that work. You did all of that, you know, trying to beat it all. And you get 2.4 percent.
1: Right now, you know, there's going to be years where a hedge fund person might get 14% or something, but they're not going to do that every year. So when I I said, when I said active managers will say, well, you shouldn't invest in indexes because you're only going to get average returns. Well, it turns out that over 30 years of index investing, it outperforms history shows 99% of active managers, active managers means people who trade stocks on a regular basis. They're like that's not good enough. I need a better return. I'm not. That's not good enough. I'm going to need a better return.
0: So I guess for anyone who you know, we're all special and we all feel like we're one in a million, or maybe we have people in our lives that make us feel that way. When it comes to investing, I guess uh, we're not.
1: So, but <laughs> like, here's the thing: don't
0: trust the one percent mm-hmm. that that your active manager is the in the one percent of people who could actually get you 15 oh, percent versus you know right nine you know so uh, on average.
1: I guess to sum it up, it's like, so when you're getting the average, whatever is the average of the index, whether it's the S&P 500, the total stock market, the total bond market, whenever you're getting the average, you're actually getting above the best, which is supposedly all the geniuses who work at hedge funds, et cetera. Can I say that uh, a hedge fund manager hasn't beaten an index fund uh, ever? No, yeah, it's
0: happened, but, but over time, are the chances, what are the chances of it happening and over time consistently?
1: Correct. And Consistency and one, matters. One of the reasons is if you are investing rich people's money, they're like, if you're such a genius, where's my 14, 15, 20%? So they have to keep taking risks to keep these clients. Right. With an index, we take zero risks. We just say, here's the whole thing. Let's go to sleep. Uh, next month, I'll invest a little bit more in that same index.
0: Did, um... Did you read about like, have you read or seen interviews or old articles of people who were used to be active managers who said those things, who always felt like, you know, they interviewed someone who retired 10 years ago, and they said, yeah, I was always, you know, trying to find the next best thing. And, you know, a lot of the time it didn't work out, and this is my well, advice. Well, Jack or, Vogel
1: was one of them. And, uh, and then
0: that's when he changed.
1: Right, and then a lot of people followed Jack, and they went, yeah, you know, if we're being honest, I know we were making a lot of fees, and like, you know, I was the, you know, vice chairman of this company. And I was making 1.2 million a year. Why am I going to try and make a little bit less? You know, I just want to keep making these fees and keep recommending these things because it says on my degree, I'm a PhD in finance. Yeah. So why would they want to take that away? And and Jack said, I don't don't need all that money.
0: I, I just kind of realized how it may sound. No shade to anyone who has like a million master's degrees in finance and or investing and or anything like that. But kind of crazy how the numbers work out correct whether you have you know every single degree you can or you're just you know I'm not going to call us average shows but in the grand scheme of all of this you know average uh family that, average wins yeah yeah but that, that that those are the numbers end up being what you wouldn't expect right. you know for given the amount of education or something like that
1: um so i would recommend that If you're out there, I'm going to, like we said, we're going to link this article about Jack Bogle from uh, the Sydney Morning Herald, I believe it is. And I'll link some to some of his books that he's written about index investing. And there's a whole number of them. Please go on YouTube and watch those. There's a lot of people, J.L. Collins, who wrote a book, The Simple Path to Wealth, has written a lot about index funds. That is mandatory reading. If you're coming out of college, you're a high school student, read that. It'll change your life. Um, And you'll learn a lot about this. And then you go look at your account and you go, after seven years, I'm like, wow, did that really become that from where it started? And one of the things, the only part of index investing that's not passive is that you should keep contributing. That's the active part. So look, I make a note on my calendar. Okay. It's the 25th of the month. Please send a check to.
0: But I mean, that's the equivalent of like, okay, um, I got paid. Let me put X amount in savings You then also make a little note to put X amount and And buy a little more.
1: And you could actually put it on autopilot. So you go $100 out of every check is going into this index fund. So that's all. What's put in your savings is minus that 100 So you don't even see it come out. It just gets taken automatically from a direct deposit to this, to an index fund. And then you would never miss it. Oh, there you go. So that's our episode I I really hope and encourage all of you to consider index investing. Go on YouTube; you can watch some videos with Jack Bogle, and he's being interviewed. Um, read some of his books; he's just amazing, and and he kind of changed our lives because I've followed well, a lot of what he said, and it's worked. Let's
0: just—we forgot to mention this little tidbit. But Dad, are you a Boglehead? I,
1: <laughs> I guess you would say that. So there's a there's a forum online that's called the Bogleheads, and there are people who so much uh, have enjoyed what Jack brought to the world. And they, they're they big believers in index investing. But what's amazing about the forum is you can get a lot of information. There's attorneys, there's accountants, there's people who invest in real estate. So you can go on there, join and ask a question and you will not believe all the responses you'll get and really highly educated advice. So uh, yeah, I guess I am a bull lad. I'd probably go on there like six times a year or something. But a lot of times I'll just go on to read
0: Right, but if index funds have, you know, you feel empowered you and made you financially independent, then that's great. And even if you're not a Boglehead, at the very least, you appreciate what he has done for this world. Exactly. Great. Great. Um, I just wanted to add that tidbit in there because a while ago when my dad first told me who he was and he told me about Bogleheads, I just thought that was so funny because of the name, but um, thank you to, I guess, Jack again. I think I thanked him in the last episode, Um, but I hope you guys learned something new. Uh, At the very least, maybe uh, enjoyed my reactions to that story and the story itself, obviously, but I don't think I've uh, as pretty surprising as passionately <laughs> reacted to a story before. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. And, yes, um, uh,
1: please subscribe to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars. We're on all the streaming services. Um, Spotify, uh, we look iTunes. forward to seeing you guys next week.
0: Yeah, uh, tune in for next week and see ya. Thank
1: you so much.
0: The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant,
1: financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.